Well, I have a few things on my mind. So, uh, because this Wednesday, uh, we're going to be taking communion. Um, and this church has been around for a long time, 76 years. This, I think this is the 77th. Actually, I think 2020 was 76. And I think this will be the 77th year this year. Um, somebody can correct me. Just correct me after church. So, uh, But the church has been around for a long time. And so I, I am the type of person, what I have found is, is that I don't like taking things for granted. Just because a new pastor steps into a role, well, they assume that, well, he's just going to do everything just like the other previous pastors. And so... Uh, whether I do or do not, well, that's, that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. The importance is, is that people understand the teaching that I teach and where I come from in Scripture. And plus, we have newer people that are attending our church. They need to understand where the pastor stands on things and, 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 and what Bible doctrine is he using to teach these things. I believe those things are important. Amen? So if you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, all right? If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have it up on the screen here. If you can have your Bibles, your cell phone, something. And I want you to follow along because it's important to understand communion and the purpose of communion and why we take communion. Is communion necessary? That's a good question, all right? That's, that's a good question. Is it necessary? Is it important? And many people come from different denominations and backgrounds and some, some backgrounds and denominations, they do communion every time they meet. And then there's others that you, they, may, they may not do it at all. And some may do it only a few times a year. Let's see what the Bible says. How, how about that? So let's 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. Thank you, Sister Whitney. I'm not going to do you like your husband. Your husband have you playing all, all day. The scripture says in verse number 11, you got that up on the screen there? Yes. It says, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not. So Paul is speaking here to the Corinthian church dealing with the issue of communion. And he's dealing with an issue here that he is not pleased with. They are not handling themselves in an orderly fashion in this church. So Paul is writing this letter here to correct them because they're not doing things correctly. So the scripture says, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. It says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, see, he's talking to the church here. You see that when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. I hear Excuse me, that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies. Heresies means opinions contrary to religious doctrine. That's what heresies mean. It's people's opinions contrary to religious doctrine. See, that's why our opinions, they don't matter. We got to stick to the book. It's what the Bible says, not our opinions. It says, for there must be also heresies. There's got to be heresies if there's division among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. When you come together, therefore, into one place, it's not just for the eating of the Lord's Supper. 
Listen to what it says here. For in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper, and one is hungry, and then the other one just gets drunk. So these people are gathering for the wrong reason. They're coming to church to eat and to drink. And they said, this is not what church is all about. No, it's, it's about the supporting of one another. I always say this in that everything we do should be hinged around these two things. It should be for reaching souls or supporting or strengthening those that are inside the body. Those should be the only two reasons why we meet. If you're meeting for any other reason than to reach souls and tell somebody about Jesus or to strengthen one another, what is the purpose of the meeting? And so these people have lost that purpose. They're gathering here together for the wrong reason. They come in here to eat bread and they're drinking. Well, the scripture lets us know that they're getting drunk. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've had some grape juice in your refrigerator, but how many of you raise your hand? Have you gotten drunk off grape juice? Just checking. I didn't know. I was like, I need to check that bottle. I need to see what kind of grape juice you're drinking. Why do I say that? Because there are some people that teach that during communion you drink grape juice, and there are others that teach during communion you drink wine. Well, we do what the Bible says. How about that? We do what the Bible says. So you cannot be drunk off grape juice. So obviously Paul is dealing with what? Wine. He's dealing with wine because they are getting drunk. It says here in verse 21, or excuse me, where, where am I at? 22. He says, what? <laughs> That's a great response. What? Have you not houses to eat and drink in or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he gave and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So Paul is teaching the people here that when we do take the Lord's Supper, which we call communion, we are to do it in remembrance of him. But these people are coming to church just to eat and to drink. So they're not doing it in remembrance or reverence to the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're doing it for the wrong reason. They're coming together for the wrong purpose. They're creating the house of God into a social club. Yeah, that's what's happening right here. And so Paul is rebuking them, letting them know that's not what the house of God is for. You've got your own houses to do that stuff in. If you want to have a social party, just have your own social gathering at your own house. But when we come to God's house, it's about God's business. And it's no different in this house. We have too many people that are seeking change. We have too many people that want to come out of sin for us to come in here and treat it like a social club. But I don't know about you. I want Jesus every time we come to the house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> he said, do it in remembrance of me. Verse 26 says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. 
and honor. So before we go to verse number 27, just to prove to you even further that it is important that you partake of wine, that this church we drink wine in this church, because let's go to Psalms chapter 75, verse number 8. Psalm 75, verse number 8. Listen what the scripture says. For in the hand of the Lord there is a, somebody say cup, and the what? And the wine is red. You see that? It says, for in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. That cup, let's go right back up. Come on, let's go back up to First, uh, first Corinthians chapter number 11, verse number 26. Go right back up. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this what? See there? Cup. Cup. What's in the cup? Wine. The wine is red. As is proven there in Psalm 75, verse number 8. Let's go to verse number 27. This is important here. Now that we have established that communion is important, the Lord's Supper is important, all right? Because the scripture says that when you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. All right? In remembrance of me. So, the scripture says in verse 27, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this, there's that word again, cup. So, drink this cup, look, of the Lord, unworthily. Now, let's deal with this word unworthily. This is important. This word comes from a word that means discerning, without discerning or without recognizing the body. I'm going to say that again. Unworthily comes from a word that means without discerning or without recognizing the body. That's what unworthily means. That's where it comes from. It says, so if you do this, if you take communion, the Lord's Supper, unworthily, the scripture says, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. This is important, for the scripture says in verse 28, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So the scripture is letting us know that unworthily is doing it without the proper recognition. The people that Paul was dealing with was taking the Lord's Supper unworthily. They were coming to the house of the Lord and just eating and drinking without doing it for the right reason. And when you take the Lord's Supper or take communion without doing it for the wrong reason or the right reason, excuse me, there will be consequences. But you must have understanding and do it for the right reason. So the word unworthily is not dealing with are we worthy or not based on are we sinners or not. That is not it. All right. The scripture is not referring to that. The too many people, there are a lot of preachers that teach it and it fears people. It puts fear into people to cause them to think they're not worthy to take communion. Well, nobody's worthy of anything. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. So none of us are righteous enough to do anything. It's because of God's mercy and his grace. I'm going to say amen to that. Amen. So it's not about am I worthy enough to do it. It's not about, well, let me make sure I get myself cleaned up the day before, before I take it. No, we should be trying to clean ourselves up every single day. <laughs> Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. 
All right. I'm going to stay there for a minute. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so don't be on Tuesday night. Oh, Lord, Lord, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Okay, I'm ready for communion, Pastor. <laughs> and then Thursday, you're right back out just tearing up the place. No, no, no. It's, 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 it's every day. It's every day. Amen. So that's what unworthily is dealing with. All right? It's talking about the understanding, doing it with the proper recognition or discernment of the body. So the scripture says in verse number 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Why? It, it says it, not discerning the Lord's body. You're bringing damnation on yourself when you do it with the wrong purpose. Wrong intent. You're not discerning the Lord's body. And if you don't discern the Lord's body and you do it with the wrong intentions, then this is what can happen. For this cause, many of you are weak, sickly, some even sleep. That means death. When you do it unworthily. So taking communion is important that you must do it for the right purpose. Amen? It's for the right purpose. So everyone should be a part of communion. It is for everyone. We do that in remembrance of him. It's not something, ah, well, I don't know about this. I'm not a, no, you come and do it unto the Lord. That's what the purpose is for. It's unto the Lord. It's not about who you are and where you've been and where you're trying to get to. No, I do it unto the Lord. I'm discerning the Lord's body because of what he did for us. That's what the Lord's Supper is all about. That's what communion is all about. You're doing it unto him. Making sure we're doing it in a worthy fashion and discernment that we're recognizing what he did for us. Now, can I take a moment and, and take communion and pull it into salvation? All right? I, I want to take communion and now I want to pull it into salvation. All right? Let's see this here. Communion is symbolic in salvation. The, the scripture says that they took and broke the bread. All right? He took it and broke it first. See, that's symbolic. It, it is our breaking. We must break. We must break in repentance. That's what repentance is. That is us breaking. That's right. Because repentance is a changing of ways. It's a changing of your mind. That's a breaking. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to change some of my ways. Oh, y'all holy over here. Okay, let me, let me talk to this side. I don't want to change some of my ways. Okay. Amen. Amen. There's some things I don't want to change, but that's repentance. That is a breaking. All right. The scripture says in Second Peter chapter number three, verse number nine, Second Peter three nine, it says, "The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us." Thank the Lord for that. Not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All should come to repentance. So that's what the breaking is. When he took and broke that bread, that's us breaking. That is that repentance. Amen? Then the scripture says they took, after they broke the bread, they ate the bread. The eating of the bread representing his body. So not only is his body buried in our belly after we've eaten the bread, but his body was buried in the earth. His body was buried in the ground. Amen. So we the, the body's broken, 
That's the suffering that he took. Then the body was buried. The breaking is repentance. The burial is baptism. I can prove that in Colossians chapter 2, verse number 12. The Bible says, for we are buried with him in, somebody say baptism. All right, so now you see the breaking, repentance. You see the burial, that's baptism. Now the scripture talks about the drinking of the wine or from the cup. Drinking of the wine from the cup represents the infilling of his spirit. That is the spirit part, all right? The intake of the blood, that is his spirit. I can prove that in Ephesians chapter number five because this is what Paul was dealing with. And Paul is also writing here in Ephesians. Remember, Paul said, y'all doing it for the wrong reason. Y'all in here eating and getting drunk, right? That's what he said. It's, 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 it's too much. You shouldn't do that. So Paul writes here, he says, and be not drunk with wine. Don't do that. Wherein is excess. You're taking communion for the wrong reason. He says, but be filled, what? With the Spirit. So we have repentance, baptism in his name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost all right there in communion. Somebody say new life. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord and magnify Amen. So it's important here that we do it the right way. Now, I want to add this in here, a little caveat, all right, for those of you that are uh, fall into this category. There are two people that fall into this category, two individuals. Those that have vowed to the Lord never to take a sip of alcohol at all. You have made a vow to the Lord because of a lifestyle that you've come from, a lifestyle that you're trying to get out of. You've made a vow to God, and that vow is between you and God to never drink again. Wine is not for you. You do not take that wine. You don't let a preacher pressure you into taking wine. You, I'm going to say that again. You don't let a preacher, a pastor, don't let them pressure you in taking that wine. No, that is a covenant. That is a pack, a bond between you and God. And you don't, you don't push that at all. We will have grape juice set aside on Wednesday for those specific individuals because you are doing it with the understanding that this is a vow between me and God. I understand the scriptures. I understand why I'm doing it. And I understand my pact between me and Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This is important. It's important. I don't know. Yeah. Y'all may want to share this video across to everybody. Just start sharing it. After church, I'm going to share this. I'm a, now, don't be sharing it with the wrong attitude now. Sending it to your old pastor. Yeah, listen to this. No, don't, don't be doing that. We don't, we don't do that. We don't do that. All right? That is a pact between, a bond, a covenant between you and God. It's important. The second people, individuals that fall into this category are those that are immature, all right? Now, typically, you're dealing with children, but those that are immature, children or not, meaning, just as an example, my wife and I do not give my kids wine, all right? 
My small kids are seven, five, and two. We're not doing that. No, not, not doing that. Okay? It's because they don't have understanding. What did Paul just say? You've got to do it with understanding. Because if you do it unworthily, damnation's coming on yourself. You see? You see what I'm teaching my children? Until they come of age where they can understand what they are doing and why they are doing it. Then they can come off the juice table. Amen. So understand this. Teach this. All right. I'm going to be talking about this tonight too. So just get ready for a double dose. So, 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 so this is important. This is important. So understand those things because I, I, I uh, teach it very similar to baptism. We do not baptize anybody unless they have understanding. You've got to understand why you're getting baptized. If we just baptize you and you don't have understanding, well, the enemy will play with your mind. He will send somebody else to you and say, well, why did you get baptized? What is the purpose of that? You don't read where we're saved by grace alone? Well, I don't actually see alone anyway. I won't go down that road. Some, they, they will mess with you in your mind to make you think what you did was not necessary. But see, when you have understanding and when you know why you did it and when you can see it in scripture no one can take that away from you no one can take that away from you amen I don't care who tries to come against me no I know what I did and why I did it so there is a difference there church I want this church to get ready because we are in a trial. 2021 is going to be a trying of our faith. All right? I'm just telling you right now. 2021 is going to be a trying of our faith. That's what it's going to be. And it's so important that we support one another, that we lift up one another, that we pray for one another. Because 2021 is going to be a trying of your faith. You thought 2020 was a trying of your faith. Just wait until we step into this year as we continue on. This is going to be a trying of what you say you believe. All right? Brother Gopher did a phenomenal job on New Year's Eve preaching on courage. That we need courage. That was so revelatory. It was so important. Uh, and I thank the Lord for that word. Because it spoke to our hearts and it was so real. Uh, I came across a quote uh, uh, some time back. It's coming back to my mind now. It says that you have six to eight pallbearers carry you when you are dead to a grave. Just imagine if you had six to eight people helping you and carrying you while you are alive. <laughs> See, that's the type of support that we need. We need, one, we need some pallbearers while we're alive, not just while we're dead in a casket. But we need one another. We need each other's support. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 11. Don't look at your watch. We're not going to be too long. Hebrews chapter number 11. Somebody say faith. We're going to need it. A trying of our faith. The scripture says, now faith is the substance. Somebody say substance. Sub, anytime you see a word that says sub, S-U-B means under. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance, substance. Comes from a word known as hypostasis. Hypostasis means subfloor. 
foundation. So it's saying now faith is the foundation. It is your subfloor of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So your hope and the evidence of things not seen must be on a sure foundation. So if your subfloor or your foundation is not right, then you will not have the right type of faith. Uh-huh. So it's important that you have the right subfloor. It's important that you have the right foundation as we continue on throughout this year. Because I'm telling you, if you thought your foundation was sure, you need to go back and make sure that it has a very sure foundation. We cannot have any cracks in our foundation. But our foundation, just to reiterate, that it must be in Jesus Christ. Your subfloor cannot be built on yourself. It cannot be built on a spouse. It cannot be built on any loved one. It cannot be built on our economy. It cannot be built on government. It cannot be built on anything else other than Jesus Christ. It cannot be built on a doctor. It cannot be built on science. Oh, I can keep on going. It cannot be built on any other thing other than Jesus Christ. It's on Christ the solid rock I stand because all other ground is sinking sand. So it is important. I don't know what you are standing on today but before you walk out of those doors you better ensure yourself that your foundation or your subfloor is sure in the name of Jesus Christ let's clap our hands unto the Lord amen So the scripture says, now faith is the substance, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, what is it? It is the faith. It's, it is the foundation. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. They obtained a good report. Or in other words, they gained approval. It says, through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, what's interesting here is that it begins to say, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Verse number five says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Verse number six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Turn to a neighbor and say, don't stop seeking. Verse number seven says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Verse number eight, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, the scripture says he obeyed. For the Bible says, if you go back up to verse number four, it says, by faith, Abel. Then verse number five, by faith, Enoch. Verse number seven, by faith, Noah. Then in verse number eight, by faith, Abraham. So it's letting us know that we must have an element or an operation of faith to where we don't really understand what is going to take place, but we're moving by faith. But then the scripture says, if you drop down to verse number 11, listen here now, because the wording changes obviously we just heard by faith by faith by faith by faith but in verse number 11 the scripture says through faith 
It didn't say by faith anymore, but it says through faith also Sarah herself received strength. So the scripture here is letting us know as we read through this that there is a distinct difference between operating by faith or operating through faith. See, we must understand this very good because when we're operating through faith, we understand. Somebody say we understand. We understand we are standing on what God has done for us before. When you are operating through faith, see, he has healed your body before. He has brought you out before. He has delivered you before. He has set you free before. He has touched your mind before. He has provided you jobs before. He has provided you transportation before. So it's not like you're operating in a realm of faith, not knowing what you're doing, but you're leaning on the things that he's done for you before and saying, now I'm walking through faith knowing if he's done it before, he can do it again. That is the difference. See, when you operate by faith, you don't know because you don't have any experience to lean on. But every step you take, you're operating by faith. And so now we can understand the principle here that by faith and through faith are very different because when you operate through faith, you understand. I'll prove it to you. Go to verse number three. For the Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse number three, through faith we understand see the scripture even tells you that through faith we understand so we have some type of recollection or understanding of what God is able to do so therefore my faith is strong in him because I know he's able to do it and because I know he's able to do it I must believe that he can do it again so I'm preaching to somebody here today that needs to understand like Sarah understood see the Bible lets us know that Sarah did not operate by faith but she operated through faith. Why is this? Because if you don't remember, let me remind you here just for a moment. Remember Sarah, when God came to them, he said that they're going to have a child. And the scripture lets us know that Sarah began to laugh saying, I'm just too old for this. There's no way that this can happen. And Sarah had to wait another 25 years before the promise Isaac even came. See, she had an opportunity to operate by faith because she had nothing to lean upon. There's no way I can have a child. I'm too old. I've been waiting for a long time. But she, God gave her an opportunity to operate by faith. Are you still with me? God gave her an opportunity to operate by faith she did not operate by faith so therefore God had to take her through a 25 year journey just to let her know that I'm able to do just what I said I would do and see then we got to understand now now that 25 years have passed see now Sarah has another level of faith her faith has increased now she knows that God is able to do it so now when God comes back she says I'm not missing out on my blessing this time I'm not missing out what God promised me that oh I hope I'm preaching to somebody right now I'm not missing out what God has for me now I'm going to operate through faith see now I'm going to trust in the Lord now I'm going to believe in him now I know that he's able to do it just like he said he would so now this is important I'm preaching this because many of us in here today God has given us an opportunity to operate by faith but because of lack of unbelief you never moved you never stepped out by faith you never trusted in God's word for whatever reason but God is giving us another opportunity here today I don't know who I'm talking to or who I'm preaching to but somebody here today needs to operate through faith because now 
now there's been years that have gone on. Now there's been 5, 10, 20, some even longer than that. Years have gone on, but now you know God is able to do it. Now you know God is able to bring you out. You know God is able to heal. You know God is able to deliver because now you've seen other people healed around you. You've seen other situations in your life where God has brought you out. Now it's time to operate based on your understanding. It's not about what I feel. It's not about what I see. It's not about what I can touch, but it's based on my understanding. And when I know God is able to do it, I'm going to operate through faith, believing and knowing that God is able that God is able to do it it's not about what people are telling me but it's what I know hallelujah Uh, y'all calm down I want to get y'all out of here in a good time but I need you to understand this because too many of us are still trying to operate by faith but you missed your opportunity to operate by faith see you waiting on God to send you another word when God's word is eternal the first word is still good today so no matter when he gave you the word I don't care if it was 30 years ago his word is everlasting to everlasting so if God gave you a word 20 years ago honey it's still real today so God is trying to get you to operate based on your understanding now see that's why I praise him like I praise him because it's based on my understanding that's why I lift him up how I lift him up because it's based on my understanding and so it is important now to come on be seated be seated give me a few more minutes here and so now it is important to see this and understand this is that too many of us God is dealing with me and really working on my spirit trying to get the people to understand that we're trying to operate by when we should be operating through now because too many of us are waiting on a fresh word from the Lord a fresh word from God when God said I already spoke to your heart and said I'm going to do it I already spoke to your heart and told you that I'm able to do it. See, now we just got to walk through faith. I see why you're walking through faith. That can be tough. But see, it's no different than operating by faith. Uh-huh. Because many of you here today have never received the word. You're still waiting on a word. Well, see, that's not operating through. That's operating by. Uh, because some of you have, are going to receive today a fresh word from the Lord. Some of you have recently received a fresh word from the Lord and when you have received the fresh word from the Lord now you're operating by faith because you have nothing to lean on so therefore I receive the word so every step that you take is faith every step that you take is faith but when you're operating through faith every step that you take is understanding every step that you take I know he will I know he can I know he's able I know God will do it he's done it before I know he can do it again he's the same yesterday today and forever so I know that God is able to do it see your steps are different see when God gives you a fresh word you're operating not even really understanding it's almost like going through a dark tunnel not even knowing what to do or where to go I remember a quick story can I fit in a story here real quick Okay, some people like stories, some people don't. Uh, So I remember when uh, my wife and I were on a a vacation, a trip, and we were at this, uh, uh, this water park. And so we go to this water park, and we go way up somewhere, I don't know, we climb up all these steps or whatever, and there's these different lines, all right? 
there's these different lines. And everybody's in these lines, but there's just one line nobody's in. And my wife and I just got to the water park. It, we, we're, we're, we're there. We just arrived. So we are ignorant of the fact of what we are about to get ourselves into. But we should have known that if nobody's standing in this line, there's a reason why nobody's standing in this line. But when you're ignorant, when I'm ignorant, Sister Robinson's never ignorant. When, when, when you just don't know what you do, you hop in the line. Now, see, now hindsight is always 2020. Now, we got more upset at the, at the person, the tenant that was sitting there manning that ride. She should have warned us and said, now look, this is a what, what you're about to get into. Don't we want that sometimes from God? We want an angel from heaven to come down and say, now look, this is what's about to happen. Don't work out that way, do it. No, we just run into wall after wall. So we, we looking around, I said, hey, babe, nobody's in this line. Let's do this one. Okay. So the tenant just looks at me. I look at her. I mean, can I go? She's like, just no reaction. Just hated her job. I said, okay. So I, I go. And I thought I died. <laughs> you, I, but see, I'm not laughing. I literally thought I lost my life. I thought I lost my life. It was, listen to me now. A 130 foot straight drop. I'm not underestimating that number. This is not, I'm not exaggerating here. 130 foot straight drop in a dark tunnel. You didn't see nothing until you hit the water down at the bottom. <laughs> Have you ever been on a ride and in your mind you're thinking, it's got to be over? But you keep going. It's got to be over. But you keep going. It's got to be over. But you keep going. I mean, I came out of that water. I didn't know if I was in heaven or hell because I thought I died. I thought I died. I hit that water. I, I came up out of that down looking around. And again, some people that didn't like their job, they just sitting there looking at me. Like I was the silly one. And I guess I was. They said, yeah, there's only been 10 of y'all. You number 10, brother. You <laughs> Just, I came up out of that thing. I said, what? And then I said, oh, Sister Robinson. Oh, my, my baby. <laughs> I got, I tell you. It's the most spiritual I've ever been in my life. I was praying to Jesus over a water slide. Jesus, keep her, Lord. Keep her, help her. Jesus, Jesus. And then somebody came down. It come up. It's not my wife. I said, Lord. Jesus. I said, Jesus, Jesus, where's she at? Where's she at? Oh, Jesus, Jesus, where's she at? And all I heard it. I hear screaming. Oh, there she is. There's, there's the cry. I hear it. There's that cry. She hit that water. She came out. She said, never again. Never, never again. Never again. 
See, we operated by faith, <laughs> not knowing what we were doing. But now that we had understanding, we ain't getting on that ride no more. No more faith. <laughs> I ain't walking through that faith no more. Amen. Church, sister, sister, girlfriend, church, this is a year of faith. Our faith is going to be tried. All right? Our faith is going to be tried. Amen? It's going to be tried. Brother Gother said it so, so well. It's a year of courage. He said it so well. It's a year of courage. We're going to need it. But if your subfloor, if your foundation is not right, you will not stand. You'll fall. You'll come out that water like I did. Get me out of this place. It took us at least 15 minutes just to get on another ride. Just to gather ourselves. And sometimes life that happens to us we come crashing and we like get me out of here I'm not doing that no more I'm not going back there I'm not and we put up these walls the only problem is is that those walls you think are built for man they're building to God and what you've done is you think you're blocking out man you're really blocking out God that's what, that's what we do. We, we're, we're blocking out his voice now. We're blocking out what he wants to do for us. When he's saying, no, I need you to operate based on your understanding. Huh? Based on what you know about me. Come on, come on, don't, don't stop. I, I, I know what's taking place in 2020 has rocked you. It's rocked you. And you just want to stand still. You want to find every scripture in the Bible that says stand still. When God is saying, I know I'm trying to get you to move. Come on. Come on. Keep on. Come on. Let's stand to our feet right now. Come on. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Come on. Keep on walking. Come on. Keep on walking. Somebody here today needs to operate by faith because God has given you a fresh word. But there are more more here today that outnumber those that are operating by faith you need to operate through faith Sarah had to come to a place 25 years later and so oh, I'm not losing out this time if God said I'm having a baby I'm going to have my baby no matter what my age is no matter what's taking place in my life I'm not missing out this time on my promised child been waiting over 100 years for this thing I'm having my baby some of you have been waiting years. I'm telling you, God's getting ready to bring birth in your life. Ha! God's getting ready to bring birth in your life. Come on, let's lift our hands all across this building. In the name of Jesus, come on, make that place your altar right now. Make that place your altar right now. Somebody here today needs to take steps of faith. Oh, come on, make that place your altar right now. You can come down to this altar, fall to your face, fall to your knees, and recommit yourself to the Lord. You can make that place right where you are, your altar. But you don't leave out of here till you make sure your foundation is right. You make sure your foundation is sure. Come on, I know time is getting away for us, but don't worry about that time just for a moment. Worry about your soul. Worry about your own salvation. 
worry about your own walk in him I've got to make sure my subfloor my foundation is right I can't walk out of here with cracks in my foundation I can't walk out of here not knowing for sure that God is under my feet that Jesus Christ is the solid rock that I'm on in the name of Jesus Christ that's it come on lift your hands lift your voice talk to him in Jesus name